Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Endurance is the ability to keep on going in spite of obstacles, right? And so when we have our trials, our, our, our faith put to the test, and we see how God provides, guess what happens? Our endurance, our ability to believe in God, grows. It's a principle that works in a lot of ways in our lives, doesn't it? Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, where things have pretty much gone back to normal. If you'd like information about the service times on Sunday and other ministries that are happening, just go to their website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Pastor Leighton is continuing his study in the book of John on this Monday. Now, the uh, feeding of the 5,000 took place on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, or the Sea of Tiberias. Um, the reason it's called that is because sometime in the first century, uh, some Roman governor wanted to get on the good side of Caesar Tiberius, and one of the ways that you did that was by naming something important after Caesar. So he renamed the uh, Sea of Galilee the Sea of Tiberius. Uh, these governors wanted to be on the good side of Caesar because if you weren't on the good side of Caesar, you could not only lose your job, you could also lose your life. And so they wanted to be on the good side of Caesar. So that's why John clarifies to us that this sea is known by uh, several names. Actually, it's, it's known by other names as well. In the Old Testament, it's called the Sea of Chinnereth in Numbers 34, the Sea of Chinneroth in Joshua chapter 12, and the Lake of Gennesaret in Luke chapter 5. Now, we might not consider this so much a sea as a lake. In fact, we have lakes in California that are larger than the Sea of Galilee. For instance, Tahoe is 22 miles long and 12 miles wide. The Sea of Galilee is 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. It's smaller than the Lake Tahoe, smaller than Clear Lake, and so forth. Uh, in a similar fashion, we might not refer to the Jordan River as the Jordan River. We might call it the Jordan Stream because uh, during the... the uh, the dry season, uh, for instance, we had a group from our church there in the summer of 2013, uh, and we had a chance to be in the Jordan River, and you could easily throw a, a baseball from one side to the other. In fact, there were people on the other side of the Jordan River, and you could have a conversation with them without screaming. Without, you know, they were that close. And uh, so we might not call it the Jordan River. We'd call it the Jordan Stream or something like that. One of the things that strikes visitors that visit the Holy Land is the small dimensions of everything. I highly recommend that you go there because it'll give you an understanding and appreciation of God and God's Word that is uh, hard to get from textbooks and sermons. And uh, for instance, one can easily walk from one side to the other side of old Jerusalem. Walk in less than 10 minutes. The whole country is only 70 miles wide. That's about the distance from here to Sacramento. A supersonic jet can cross it in less than three minutes, which explains why they're so uh, diligent about protecting their borders. So it, even though it's a very small piece of land, it's very, very important in the history of the world and in scriptures. 
Now, from where Jesus was to where Jesus went is about four miles by sea in a straight line. If you were to go around the beach, around the coastline, it would be more like nine miles of walking in order to get there. And by a village named Bethsaida Julius, and it's named that to, to make sure to, to distinguish it from the other Bethsaida, which is in Galilee, is a plain that is almost always green because it's being fed by the streams, and it's, uh, it's almost always green with grass, and that's probably where this miracle took place. Now, the other Gospels suggest two reasons why Jesus and his disciples withdrew to the other side of Galilee. First off, ministry can be very, very tiring, very exhausting. Uh, Jesus was exhausted after ministry to the point where he was asleep in a boat in the middle of the storm. He was so tired. And uh, so ministry can be very tiring. I, I find I don't take naps very readily, but sometimes on Sunday afternoons I can't help but taking a nap because I can't keep my eyes open. The, the energy the, uh, and the, the spiritual demands, emotional demands, relational demands, physical demands exhaust. And, and it could be that Jesus recognized that he and his disciples needed a rest from ministry. And so they, they tried to have a chance to withdraw from, uh, from ministry for a little time so that they could get restored and rested up. But there's also possibly another reason as well. And that is Matthew 14 reveals to us that news of the death of John the Baptist was what triggered Jesus and the disciples to withdraw to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Withdraw, by the way, is a military term, and it means to strategically relocate. There was a reason why Jesus and his disciples moved across to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And the reason was, is the area that they'd been in, which was endangering, was under Herod Antipas. That was the one who had put to death John the Baptist. But the area that they withdrew to was not under that jurisdiction, but was rather under the jurisdiction of Herod Philip, his brother. And Herod Philip was much less of a villain than Herod Antipas. Now, the passage talks about this event, uh, Jesus and his disciples going on uh, up a mountain. And mountains uh, oftentimes provided settings for the significant events in Jesus' life. For instance, um, one of his temptations with the devil was from an exceedingly high mountain. Um, then there was the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, then there was the event that took place on the Mount of Transfiguration. And then after his resurrection, he met with his disciples on a mount. And it was from a mount that he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1. So Jesus and his disciples had gone up into this mountain They'd gone there to withdraw, to get some rest, and as they watched, people started gathering together. They'd walked nine miles around the coastline of the Sea of Galilee to get where uh, Jesus was. Now, remember that this is the time of the Passover, so there's pilgrims from all over coming to Jerusalem uh, for the Passover, going over that same road. Oftentimes, the people of Israel would go um, around the top of the Sea of Galilee, uh, clockwise, they would go down the eastern side of the River Jordan, and then they would cross over the River Jordan to go to Jerusalem for the festivals so that they would uh, be able to avoid going through the land of Samaria. 
And we talked about that in previous weeks. So as these group of pilgrims, many of them uh, that had been with uh, Jesus and seen what he had done, and others who were on their way to Jerusalem, these groups would get together, they'd overhear each other's conversation. By the way, did you know that Jesus is over at, really? I've heard about him. I want to go hear what he has to say. Hey, it won't be a big problem for us to take a few days or a few hours to go in here and meet this Jesus. And so that's probably what took place. Verse 5, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that the large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, saying, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, But what are they for so many? So Jesus and his 12 see the crowds coming. Um, Mark's gospel, Mark 6, says that Jesus was moved with compassion on these people because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Uh, He knew, as illustrated here in verse 2, their motivation for following him was selfish. It wasn't to receive him as their Lord. It was to receive the benefits that would come from being around him. And yet, out of his graciousness, he received the crowd and met their needs anyway. Now, we've got a situation. All of these people are there, and uh, the disciples have a problem. These people need to be fed. They make a, a suggestion for a solution. Uh, In Matthew 14, it says that they said to Jesus, This place is desolate, and the hour is already late, so send the crowds away that they may go to the villages and buy food for themselves. The disciples, they said, everybody for themselves. And uh, Jesus, his sympathy was kindled, and he knew that they were tired and they were hungry, and uh, they needed to be fed. So he turned to Philip, and he asked the question, Where do we go to get food for these people? Now, why did he ask Philip? Well, probably because Philip had been born and raised in this area. And so Philip would know where to go to get food. So Jesus asked Philip, where do we go to get the food? But Philip's answer had nothing to do with where. It had to do with how. He said, even 200 denarii isn't enough to pay for food. We we can't feed these people. We don't have the ability. Now, uh, a denarius was a the wage that a typical laborer had for one day's work. And so it would take two-thirds of a laborer's wage, to buy, if they could buy food, to buy just enough food for everybody there to get a little bit. Now, Jesus didn't ask this question because he was trying to figure out what Philip was thinking. What, he, what Jesus did is ask Philip the question so that Philip would analyze and, and figure out that there wasn't a natural means, a natural way of resolving this situation. It was going to require a supernatural resolution. James wrote, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Question, what is endurance? Endurance is the ability to keep on going in spite of obstacles, right? And so when we have our trials, our, our, our faith put to the test, and we see how God provides, guess what happens? Our endurance, our ability to believe in God grows. Philip's faith was lacking, and uh, he, he didn't see that there was any solution. Now, Andrew appears on the scene, and it, it's interesting to note here 
that like other places in Scripture, Andrew is introduced as Simon Peter's brother. Can you imagine growing up in the shadow of Simon Peter? Where everybody knows you, not as Andrew, but as Simon Peter's brother. And yet, when you read through the Scriptures, you find that Andrew is one of those sweet-spirited individuals who isn't interested in applause and accolades and attention. He just wants to be part of the action. He wants to contribute what he can. And he's one of those quiet servants. And he, he models for us. Our church is blessed with many Andrews, if you will, people who quietly and faithfully go about serving us and do so without any desire for attention and accolades. I don't know if that personality type fits you or not, but it is something to think about, isn't it? You're listening to Study Verse by Verse, a daily visit with Pastor Leighton Sheely. He is taking us through the book of John, and we'll continue tomorrow at this same time. I hope you can join us. In the meantime, let us know that you listen. Go to the website at highlands.us and click on the contact link and share your comments or questions with Pastor Layton. Again, that's highlands.us. And while you're there, check out the service times for the weekend as uh, things return to some semblance of normalcy at Church of the Highlands. Again, that's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. Come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. This program is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.